Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you to the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. I'm your host, Shannon Bernius. October is National Women's Small Business Month, and it's a time to celebrate women-owned businesses and their impact on the economy. You know, studies show that prior to the pandemic, women accounted for some 29% of entrepreneurs. In 2022, though, that number has increased to 47%. So the power of women really growing, really continuing to have an impact. And we are continuing to see women starting and leading businesses here in Colorado Springs and around the globe. So I'm thrilled to have with me this morning some women who are making a local impact, both representing thriving businesses and assisting those who want to learn and grow. And joining us on the extra this morning, let's start with uh, Frances Padilla. Welcome to the show. Frances is the Colorado District Director of the U.S. Small Business Administration. Francis, thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. And also on the show, Darcy McLawson, an owner of DHN Development. Darcy, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. And glad to have you here as well. And finally, to introduce to our audience, Stacey Poor, who's a co-owner of Bread and Butter Neighborhood Market, really uh, kind of starting back at the grassroots of grassroots entrepreneurship, really marketing food products to the consumer. Stacey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Stacy and Darcy, why don't you hang on here? We're going to start with Frances and uh, ask her some of the questions. And Frances, let's start with some information that you'd like to share with listeners on the U.S. Small Business Administration and how this administration supports entrepreneurs and small businesses. Thank you, Shannon. I'd love to. I think uh, prior to the pandemic, Uh, We used to say the U.S. Small Business Administration was the best-kept secret in the federal government. I think after the pandemic, not so much anymore. Um, But if you don't know the SBA, we are the only federal agency whose mission is to help small businesses to start, grow, expand, and recover. And really, our whole reason for being is to empower entrepreneurs and small business owners and founders and provide access to the resources and the support that they need, or you know, in times of dis- of disasters, even to recover from from you know whatever has happened in in the world in the economy. And we deliver those services through a real extensive network of SBA field offices and partnerships with public and private organizations. We're a lean and mean federal agency, and so that means we really have to rely on a lot of our local partners to deliver services. In Colorado, that means we work with hundreds of SBA lenders and we collaborate with lots of different partners like chambers and federal and state and local governments. Uh, But officially, our funded resource partners in Colorado are our Women's Business Center at Mikasa Resource Center, our Veteran Business Outreach Center hosted by Mount Carmel Veteran Services Organization right here in Colorado Springs. Uh, We have two SCORE mentor chapters, one in Denver that serves north and one in Colorado Springs that serves south. And then we also have our Colorado Small Business Development Center, and they're hosted by the state Colorado Office of Economic Development and International Trade, and they have 14 different regional SBDCs lo- located across the state. I know your listeners would be really familiar with the great work that's been done by the local center, the Pikes Peak SBDC, hosted by the Colorado Springs Chamber. 
And of course, I represent the SBA Colorado District Office. So we're one of 60 plus field offices as a part of the federal government. And for those listeners uh, who who may have uh, been overwhelmed by all the information that Francis just per- uh, gave to us, you can go to their website, sba.gov, and you can see the breakdown of all the good work that's being done. And, and Francis, from a business perspective, how far would you say women have come over the last five decades in being able to own and run businesses? You know, I, I, I won't tell you what year I was born, but I can tell you that I've been in those five decades. And, you know, I read a stat recently that just amazed me. So in 1972, there were about 400,000 women-owned businesses in the United States. Today, per our Office of Advocacy, we are showing that our, there are over 13 million And that means that women-owned businesses are one of the fastest-growing groups in the country. As you mentioned earlier, they own or co-own 47% of all businesses in the United States, and they represent all kinds of industries and are owned by all types of women. Uh, The majority are small, which we believe at SBA means that they just have the great potential for growth in both the revenues and job creation. Um, I think some cool stats that came out, we work with a national organization, it's called the National Women's Business Council, and every year they put out an annual report, and so the last report was in 2022, and what they did was study a seven-year period period of women ownership, and these are just mind-blowing. So in the report, they reported that women-owned employer firms grew more than three times the rate of their male-owned counterparts that they generated $1.8 trillion in revenues. Um, they moved from the period of time of study from $4.1 million to $11 million in firms. Now we know it's closer to 13. Mm. Uh, the gross receipts increased by 51% compared to 34% by male-owned businesses, and that they are growing in terms of being employer firms. So, you know, going from maybe being solopreneurs to jobs. And when it comes to that, we know that, I mean, anyone faces a challenge in starting a business, but what specific challenges might be unique to women trying to start a business? You know, the good news is that women do own or co-own 47% of all the businesses in the United States. I think some of the challenges that they uh, face are, um, you know, similar to what goes on in society. Some of the concerns they have are, you know, there's not a lot of diversity amongst female founders right now. Um, they might be underrepresented in industries. Um, there was a, also a study that came out that talked about the top 10 industries for women-owned businesses. And, and the top five, I'll just say, are like other services like healthcare, social services, uh, professional scientific technical services, retail trade, and administrative and support services. And that's great in terms of industry diversity, but during the pandemic, they were actually overrepresented in some industries that experienced the pandemic's worst job losses. For instance, they held, you know, 40, 74% of all jobs in health and education services, which we know was uh, impacted greatly during the pandemic. But, I mean, some other barriers are equal access to capital or sometimes a reluctance to seek that. 
uh, regulatory issues, and then just home-based issues like sufficient family support services. Some of the women and studies also represented that they still have barriers and challenges with being taken seriously as women business ownership and have a hard time owning their own accomplishments and network building and cited things like we work harder for the same levels of success. Mm. Well, we want to talk more about this. Uh, Francis Padilla is our guest who was just speaking. We need to take a short break here. More from Francis Padilla, Colorado District Director of the U.S. Small Business Administration, as well as Darcy Nick Lawson, an owner of DHN Development, and Stacey Poor, co-owner of Bread and Butter Neighborhood Market. When we come back with the extra as we mark National Women's Small Business Month. We're back with the extra, and today our focus is on National Women's Small Business Month. And joining us on the KRDO Newsline right now to talk more about it, Darcy Nicklawson, owner of DHN Development. And Darcy, share some background for us, for our listeners, on your company, DHN Development, and projects that listeners might be familiar with. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, Shannon. Um, DHN Development, we... Um, is we are a locally owned real estate development company. We specialize in building apartment complexes here in Colorado Springs. We have built two um, successful projects in downtown Colorado Springs, Blue Dot Place, um, a 33-unit apartment building on Nevada Avenue. Um, also part of that development was Loyal Coffee, and that would be Loyal Coffee's first um, location. And then we built Casa Mundi, which is another boutique apartment building just over on Tejon Street. Yeah, so I'm those fam- were our first two projects. I, I'm familiar with Casa Mundi because my drive often takes me right past it every every morning. Now, yeah. women, though, in the development industry, in the construction industry, are really rare breed. As a woman, what perspective do you bring to projects like Casa Mundi and Blue Dot? You know, I think that... Um, and we have two. We have several more projects. One um, called Mosaic in Southeast Colorado Springs that's currently available for leasing right now as well. I think that what we, a woman, can really bring into development is really thinking about living, and how different households live. So we really look to design our uh, the interior of our apartments to be very efficient, um, thoughtful things that you know, makes sense in our everyday lives. Maybe it's a deep sink because I always say I, I like to hide my dishes. It's granite countertops because they are almost bulletproof. Um, lots of windows for light. Thinking about where, if it's a family where kids might play, where toys get stored, um, how the washer and dryer um, is accessed and, and so forth. And that goes for any household. And then we also really think through, we really think through our outdoor spaces specifically with our Mosaica project, really thinking through, um, it's not just we always have to have a swimming pool, we always have a fitness center. In fact, we don't focus on those things. We focus on things that are going to affect households and families' lives in a very practical way. Maybe it's a big backyard where you can hear the kids outside playing um, or have easy access to it. Maybe it's the simple things in life like having District 2 school bus come through and pick up the kids for school and drop them right off after school in our community. So we really try to think through 
the thoughtfulness on living and what really improves people's lives in our developments. And Darcy, you and, and Kathy Lou were the first to break ground on a multifamily development in downtown Colorado Springs in 60 years when you built Blue Dot Place. That was back in 2014 when that groundbreaking took place. How important was your partnership in bringing that project to life, which really, some might say, started the ball rolling and a lot of what we see in downtown? Oh, absolutely essential. Um, Kathy is an amazing person, an amazing woman. She's actually up for the Julie Penrose Award this year, um, happening this weekend, because of all the amazing contributions she's done to our community. The partnership was essential. Um, I had the idea. She had additional knowledge um, and abilities to make it happen. And we were both coming from outside the industry, but knew what our community needed, and that somebody had to get the ball rolling. And I think that we were able to think outside the box and just take a chance that we thought it could work. And it was a very, it was a very educated chance. We weren't, you know, like, I think this will work. There was a lot of thought, a lot of details put into it, a lot of market research. We did all of our homework, but we were willing to, I think, have a different outlook on things that this is for a community for the future, not just for our own development and our own selves. Now, post-pandemic, the development industry has really been dealing with uh, some issues, uh, staffing shortages, high materials cost. Have those subsided, and, and how did that play into your current project, Mosaica? Oh, no, they haven't subsided. Mm-hmm. Um, in the construction industry, we're still dealing with, um, and we'll prob- and we'll always be there, a 30% increase in construction costs. And we've seen that in the the cost to purchase a home or even rent an apartment, right? Um, Rents have had to go up. Home prices have had to go up because material costs have gone up. Um, So we're still working with that, but what we do is we pivot, and this is the way the world is right now, and we're going to look at what else can we do to achieve our overarching goals for our Mosaica project at Hancock Expressway and South Circle. It's about providing a good place for middle-income households to live in a variety of type of households. So we might have to change product because of this construction cost increase. Um, We might have to do things differently because of staffing shortages, but we will still continue to meet that overarching vision and goal to be able to house our friends, our colleagues, uh, employees in a simply a good place to live. Now, what advice would you give to women who are considering starting a business and, and maybe hearing your words and, and finding inspiration in them? You know, um, the best thing that I, I did was surround myself by really good mentors. And they're not just the people that cheer you on. You need people who will be brutally honest with you and give you honest feedback on what you're proposing and how you're going to make it better so that when you walk into anything where you're presenting that, it's going to be your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, you know everything there is to know about it, um, and those people will help you get there. But you've got to be 
willing to take the feedback that is sometimes the hard feedback and yet hold on to your convictions of that you think that you this will work and your heart and soul is in it. Okay. So surround yourself by good people. Surround yourself by good people. Uh, we'd like to direct our listeners, Mosaica Living, M-O-S-A-I-C-A, living.com. That's the website where you can find out more about the project that Darcy was speaking of. And Darcy Nicklawson, always a pleasure to have you here on the show, owner of DHN Development. When we come back, we'll be hearing from Stacy Poor, co-owner of Bread and Butter Neighborhood Market. The extra taking a break right now as we focus focus on National Women's Small Business Month. We're back with our second half hour celebrating National Women's Small Business Month, the month of October. We've been speaking to Darcy Nicklawson, owner of DHN Development. Also earlier, Frances Padilla, who's the Colorado District Director of the U.S. Small Business Administration. Right now, let's uh, turn our attention to Stacey Poor, co-owner of Bread and Butter Neighborhood Market. Good morning, Stacey. Good morning. Now, you started Bread and Butter Neighborhood Market, and for those people who are unfamiliar with it, why don't you explain what it is? Sure. Well, we are a bona fide grocery store. Um, We also have a wine, spirits, and beer store. Um, We are in downtown Colorado Springs, and I own the store with Aubrey Day, my business partner. So, two women, a small local grocery store, local market. We just kind of harken back to the days when these were not um, so rare, and they were in every neighborhood. Um, But we uh, believe that community happens around food. We believe everybody deserves to have food at the access and so that's why we did what we did. <laughs> my my grandfather was a grocery owner just like that and yeah. Uh, yeah. didn't know anything about the grocery or butcher business because they also butcher meat. So uh, I'm really interested to hear how you came to this. Uh, now, this is really the only market or grocery you can find right in the downtown core, correct? That is correct. And you opened it during the pandemic. I mean, you had to face some amazing challenges, uh, some challenges that might have uh, made uh, other people weep. Well, we, you know, it certainly was was full of challenges, but the opportunity was there. We had been working on our business plan, Aubrey and I, for a, a, a long time, at least 18 months leading up to the time that we opened. And each of us had been working on our own dream um, separately prior to us becoming partners um, for many years prior to that. So um, it was time, and I guess just because it was a pandemic didn't mean that wasn't time for us. So we went ahead and did what we were supposed to do. Um, and so there were certainly challenges with construction and with supply, and uh, but we had a lot of people supporting us and a lot of people cheering us on, and we were ready, and so we went for it. Is that how you overcame the challenges? I mean, trying to just, I guess, uh, strategize ways to 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 get around them or uh, to make them less formidable. I think so. You know, we had a we <clears throat> excuse me, we had a solid business plan, um, and there was although there were some you know um, forks in the road that we didn't anticipate. We, we had thought about this and we had planned for this and we had um, had so many people helping us with our plans and as Darcy pointed out, people poking holes in things and telling you hard things that you need to know. Um, but, you know, there there were challenges that we didn't anticipate and when they when they come, you, you just 
have to find the best path forward, and that's what we did. So there are things that are completely out of your control, uh, supply issues or, um, you know, certain things that have to do with construction and timelines. And so the things that you can control, you do, and the things that you can't, you work hard to, um, to try to manage. Now, I know the market prides itself on carrying local food, local products. What local purveyor's goods do you sell to the consumer at the market? Well, um, the list is very long. We, we really believe in supporting other small businesses, and we believe in supporting um, Colorado businesses. And so you can walk down the aisles of our grocery store or the liquor store, and you'll find probably upwards of 250 small businesses and local purveyors. But we have everything from um, Gagliano's Sausage. Gagliano's is a, a company out of Pueblo, three generations, 102 years old. Um, we sell their sausage. We sell um, their beautiful lady fingers, great Italian food. Um, we have lots of local coffee, hold fast, loyal, switchback, barista, espresso, solar roast, also out of Pueblo. Um, lots of local bakers, blue sunflower. Um, some of these are one um, one woman show, two women shows. I mean, very small businesses. Um, we have uh, a, a huge array of local salsas, um, Black Girl Salsa, Linda Sue's Salsas are a couple of my favorites, lots and lots of local honeys. We have um, vegan foods from Noyce and from um, the Green Machine. So, I mean, the list is really, really long. We carry spirits from uh, Lee Spirits. We carry spirits um, from 291, 1350 Distillery, a lot of Colorado Springs beers, uh, so, I mean, there the list is, is super long, and we're incredibly proud of the people that we partner with. They're amazing small businesses. How important do you think it is for, you mentioned a couple of those businesses, those purveyors or women-owned. How important do you think it is for women business owners to engage with each other, to network? I mean, what are the benefits? Well, I think the benefits that we found are um, people's willingness to share information um, I believe that women really want to see other women succeed, and as such, they're 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 so willing to share their experiences, um, share their failures. Uh, we found very interestingly when we were developing our business plan, we reached out to other types of groceries, uh, grocery stores, some similar to ours, some not so similar to ours, all across the country to get advice um, from small businesses. And we found that the largest response we received was from women-owned businesses. Um, not that, that businesses um, owned by men didn't respond, but the largest percentage of people that replied to us with advice and, and, and um, information about what we should do and how we should do it were other women. And so we just, you know, we believe that uh, women want to see women succeed. And um, it's great to network because um, we're just so willing to share information about successes and failures. Well, Stacey, why don't you give our listeners Bread and Butter's location downtown in case they're not familiar with it and where they can also go for information. Sure, sure. We're located at 602 South Nevada Avenue. So we're right on the corner of Nevada and Moreno. We're at the new south end of downtown. And um, you can find us at um, breadandbuttermarket.com. Um, on, on, um, that's our website. Yeah, I think and we're open every day from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. 
And so every day but Christmas Day. So come on down and check us out. I think my favorite thing, bread and butter. I mean, you named it right there. <laughs> bread and butter sandwiches. That's uh, all up my alley. Stacy Poor, the co-owner of Bread and Butter Neighborhood Market. Thank you for joining us here on The Extra. We need to take another short break. More from our guests when The Extra continues. I'm your host, Shannon Bernias. Keep on listening to KRDO News Radio. We're back with our final segment here on KRDO News Radio's The Extra, the show that brings you connections to the community, the topics, and the people that are important to you. And October being National Women's Small Business Month, that's been our focus here on KRDO News Radio's The Extra today. And Frances Padilla joined us at the top of the show where she's joining us again. She is the Colorado District Director of the U.S. Small Business Administration. So earlier we were talking about some of the challenges women face in starting businesses. Francis, what kind of initiatives and programs does the SBA offer women who are trying to launch whatever idea they have that they've done the research, like Stacy, they've done the research, they've uh, overcome some of the challenges, they're ready to start. What are the programs that are in place? I'm so glad you asked because I think we all talk to each other in this ecosystem and we have a saying, we're literally tripping over each other in Colorado to help entrepreneurs. And we have a specific passion, I think, in this ecosystem for supporting women and minority-owned entrepreneurs. From the SBA side, we have a plethora of educational resources that you know, anybody can access it at any given time. We have a wonderful, extensive online training library. So if you're the kind of person that, you know, you need to run your business during the day, but you do your education and your learning and your growth um, learning at night, you want to do it at 3 a.m., have at it. You can go to sba.gov backslash women, and that's a landing page for a lot of the different kinds of resources in the different categories that we have. It includes connecting you, like I said, to a learning platforms online. We have a really specific one that was created for women in growth because realizing women do have the potential to increase jobs and add revenues. It's called the Ascent Learning Platform. It's absolutely free. You can get on there, register as a woman founder, woman-owned business, and you can take it probably up to 13 journeys now in all different kinds of subject areas. So if you need help with marketing, you can take that journey. If you want to break into doing business with the federal government as a contractor, you can take that journey. If you need help kind of navigating the landscape around access to capital, you can take that journey. So that's online. If you love that one-on-one, again, we don't lack for partners in Colorado. I mentioned earlier, we have a dedicated women's business center at Mikasa Resource Center. We have 14 different small business development centers located throughout Colorado, a new veteran business opportunity center, and two SCORE mentor chapters. So you can get that one-on-one consulting mentoring for free. Some trainings do have a low cost just to cover cost of materials, et cetera, but the consulting and the mentoring is free, and you can have a business you know, counselor or a mentor for as long as you want them throughout your journey as a small business owner. And we also have kind of graduated accelerator programs at SBA called Thrive Emerging Leaders. In fact, we graduated the first class in Colorado Springs last year. Uh, so happy for to see their growth. Many different women entrepreneurs in, in that class. 
But again, so many partners, and if you start with the SBA district office like mine, we can help catalyze and connect you to all these different resources to help you do government contracting, to help you go global, to increase your revenues, to increase your social media presence. That all starts with contacting our district office at sba.gov um, backslash CO for Colorado, or I can definitely give you an email address. And, and, and of course, uh, we love uh, promoting this and promoting women in business, but part of it is having that diversity too. So why is it important to have a diverse mix of business owners, including women, contributing to our economy? Um, we talked a little bit earlier about the numbers and about what the economic driving effect is nationally. Um, and it is still true that small businesses do drive this nation's economy. That's particularly true in Colorado as well. In Colorado, there are six, about 691,000 small businesses, and of those, 44.7% are women-owned. So that's almost 310,000 women-owned businesses. And if you can imagine the job creation and the number of people they employ, that's a significant contribution to this economy that we absolutely cannot do without. I think just in terms of diversity, we all know diversity is the birthplace for innovation, right? The more diversity, the better the innovation in the ecosystem is. So having and growing more small businesses and women entrepreneurs and minority entrepreneurs, there we will have more choice in products and services in, in our, our communities. You know, they by the numbers, they provide more opportunities for other uh, underserved markets to become entrepreneurs and create jobs. Just like Stacey and Darcy said, you know, we support each other in the women entrepreneurship space. Um, it helps to di diversify our economy, uh, potential to create more jobs, uh, closing racial wealth gap, and of course, just that vital role in economic growth. Well, Francis Padilla, thank you for joining us here on The Extra. Thank you so much, Shannon. And we would love to see our women entrepreneurs in Colorado reach out to us and we'll connect you with those resources. And the website again is sba.gov. Francis is the Colorado District Director of the U.S. Small Business Administration. And our other guests, I'd like to give a shout out. Darcy Nicklaussen, owner of DHN Development. Thank you for joining us on The Extra. Thank you for having me, Shannon. Always a pleasure to be with you. And Stacy Poor, co-owner of Bread and Butter Neighborhood Market. Uh, Stacy, in addition to thanking you, I just want to say thanks for uh, making me feel very hungry after talking to you. <laughs> Well, thank you, Shannon. Come on down. We can take care of that for you. <laughs> Definitely. Breadandbuttermarket.com is their website. And uh, Darcy's is mosaicaliving.com. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us in this hour of conversation here on The Extra.